don't know. I just hope it's a song that people enjoy and that it's so catchy that you have to listen to it again to get it, you know, not stuck in your head anymore. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I am Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Today, I have Camilla Glowacki from Nectar, and you may also know her from other bands, uh, well, in existence, or no longer an active band, (laughs) such as, does that even work? I don't know. Anyway, but here is the extensive list. Cowabunga Kid, La Louvre, Single Player, Wolf Love, Chains Gang, Island of Misfit Toys, and melodica music camila welcome hi thank you for having me i'm glad that you're i'm so glad that we're able to sit here and enjoy some delicious delicious watermelon which yes. is your favorite thing yes thank you so much oh it's, yeah it's summertime it's a sunny day outside it it's a great watermelon it's super sweet i mean it's a great treat for summer and and for right now so thank you you're welcome, and I'm also <laughs> eating some right now, so, oops. Um, so, the song that you have um, chosen as your favorite song um, is the song Blinds, as played by Nectar, which is um, definitely an active band right now, and it's off the album Knocking at the Door, which, interesting enough, the name of the album comes from this song. Yeah. Or it, I'm not remembering it in any anywhere else, so maybe I hope I didn't miss. No, oh, that's okay. that's correct. And okay. it's funny, my dad, my dad, and, and and I think a few other people think the song is called "Knocking at the Door," and like they'll they'll get it mixed up. But yeah, I guess that that uh, little phrase sticks out to other people. As yeah, well. yeah. Well, I mean, and also a lot of the imagery on the album art cover seems to be. I hope I'm right, seems to be uh, things that are mentioned in this song. So without further ado, let's listen to the song Blinds by Nectar off their album Knocking at the Door.
and we're back so that i i love that song it's i want to say like peppy and heartfelt all at the same time yeah um i have to say let me just jump in with with my overall impression of nectar and your writing style do you write all of the songs for nectar um Yes, but it is a collaborative process. I do not play the drums, so right, Jake writes okay. all the drum parts. Uh-huh. Uh, usually, I'll like start with a, a melody, like a vocal melody, and then I'll write the chords around that. Um, sometimes I'll write the lead as well. But Aaron has been like a huge integral part of writing leads and stuff. But the like bones of the song is always from me. Um, okay, but the whole thing is very much collaborative. It's not like I'm writing all the parts and being like, "You right. play this, you play this, you play this." But the lyrics, you write. yes, yeah, yes. me. Not only is it your voice singing, it's your voice, your inner voice also singing, so to speak. Yes. Um, <laughs> when I was interviewing Elizabeth Majerus, we started talking about Angie Heaton and how her words can be somewhat deceptively simple. Like it's that multi-layered onion type situation where, I mean, I, when I look at your your lyrics, it's not a ton of words, but there's a lot of things that you just, you, you call upon in terms of visual image to like evoke certain uh, thoughts or, or even things that I almost want to say almost somewhat red herring like where it like it kind of it's part of the story but it do- has nothing to do with the story kind of thing maybe that's that's no, my no, interpretation but like true um, like I mean you could have said any kind of box of something and actually was there a literal box of lemons or is no. it okay <laughs> no but that's that's what I'm saying is like it does evoke this like at least for me, I think of a box of lemons. I'm like, I don't know how many lemons you eat, but like a lot of lemons just seems like more than anyone would need in general. So like yeah, a box absolutely. of lemons just sitting in the fridge. Um, it's, it's definitely an, an odd thing. And you're totally right. Like everything, it is very surface level, like, oh, a box of lemons in the mm-hmm. fridge. But like, to me, like a lemon, I'm also thinking about like Dutch uh, vanitas paintings where like lemons symbolize oh. like the sweet and the sour of life. I see, um, yeah. And like, I don't know. And and just so like you really could go into everything and like really unpack it and like have some kind of deeper meaning. But I'm also okay with it just being like, here are these snapshot snapshots of these different moments in somebody's home. So, hmm. it's really up to the listener how, how deep of a dive they want to go. <laughs> well, and that actually almost pulls into one of, another thought that I was having is, I also know that you're a visual artist, and how, how much would you say your, um, your music is informed by your visual art, or even your interpretation of others' visual, others visual art? I think they're both like songwriting and drawing and stuff. They're both coming from a sort of like cathartic personal thing, like sort of paying attention to what you're paying attention to. So like whether it's like making lists of of images or memories or things that are standing out to me in some way, like that list could inform a future drawing or it could become like, the basis of a song um 
but it's not like I do anything where I'm like looking at a painting and then writing in response to it or anything like that. Um, I do design most of Nectar's merch, most of, not all. Uh, and that is always after the fact. So, of course, like we wrote the album first and then I came up with right. the imagery after as it yeah. usually goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I guess I think of in terms of from a historical perspective, since you wrote, which since you just mentioned the the box of lemons and the Dutch, wait, say that it's uh, Vanitas paintings. They're Avanitas. like still life okay. paintings. They're like hyper realistic, and they have like this. Uh, uh, I really like them because sometimes they'll have like bugs and like decaying fruit and stuff, and it's like uh, it's very beautiful and beautifully rendered, but. It's also like sometimes ugly subject matter and always has this deeper like moral meaning. Oh yeah, uh, that usually has like a religious un- undertone to it. But I just sort of like the like the you know I feel like nectar is very much this way. It's very sweet, but it's sad and kind of like mm. it's got this like little bit of both. I I look at the structure in this in this song and I think about. Um, if we're going to talk verse, chorus, verse kind of thing, um, like the, and now all the neighbors are moving around in the dark and then the floors creak and moan and the plants are all overgrown. I kind of think of those as the chorus it, that to me, I see those as, as the, as the chorus, but I don't know if that's how you interpreted them. That's funny. Cause I don't at all. I think of the, the very end, the like really like, peppy part with the knocking at the door yeah to me that's the chorus and everything uh, else is just like a build-up to it and i, I guess if i had to like dissect of... it that way i would just be like verse a verse b so it's just like a b a b c it's it's interesting because i do feel like rock has been gone a certain way and then punk has also uh kind of done done its best to like destroy the the usual form of of rock and roll you know what i mean like of rock and roll music where it's this because w- the way that you're describing it is it's like it's very it's very linear and then just ending on the chorus yeah which is is um i i think kind of uh flies a little bit in the face of most i want to say popular music that's out there mm-hmm. and that's well it's kind of a very punk thing to do so i don't know <laughs> uh is there a particular story like behind this the song like is it was this based on an actual event or did you um it's it's not none of my songs are about um about specific events they're more about like general feelings or this sort of like patchwork of different memories sort of connected together or they could be like not my own memories just like images that I'm putting together and I guess the whole sort of premise of that song is just like a song about something I'm I feel like I'm even dealing with right now with the summertime and I'm not working right now and and just being alone at home but just like this general anxiety and just just the anxiety and like learning how to be alone and, and being okay with being alone um so like there's little moments of like and and there was one some last summer like when i was writing it there were like a bunch of power outages for whatever reason oh. and 
And at nighttime when the power goes out, like, you know, everyone's suddenly in the dark. And and I never really think about my neighbors in those moments, but for some reason I did. And I was like, oh, like my neighbor is like also in the dark right now. And we're all just sort of like, oh, what do we do? Like, we're just kind of scrambling around and like, it, it's kind of like creepy in a way too. Mm. Um, but so it's like, you're alone, but then you're, you're also not alone. Um, and like loneliness, you know, it can, it's like, you know, the light just goes off. It can be like this very sudden, like dark, isolating thing, like the power going out. So yeah, like I, like I said earlier, like everything you can sort of unpack a little bit more, but the overall premise is just a song about like anxiety and even the anxiety of like and i'm not sure that everyone feels this way but you know someone's knocking at the door and you're not expecting anyone and you're like oh no like who's that like do i open the door like do you look through the keyhole like do you pretend no one's home like just like this person that is is very anxious and maybe isn't isn't taking care of their plants <laughs> i see this is interesting so i had seems like I had a different interpretation, but, you know, um, I thought it was interesting that in in the first line, it says, well, the power's out again, which we just said, but uh, you say, we sleep so seriously. And I was thinking, um, the way that I looked at it was this, that first, that first section, I guess you could say between the power's out and then moving around in the dark so that that first the a the a verse <laughs> um you're talking about spending it, to me it felt like you were talking about spending time with a person in in the apartment while the light has gone out mm-hmm. and then um you know and you're both observing and now the neighbor oh look at the neighbors they're, they're moving around and they're doing their their own thing and um and part of the whole the box of lemons in the fridge have been there for a week is almost like oh we don't have you know both of us don't have to worry about this box of lemons whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> and then um cut to the the b section and it say like the the hours last so long so i think of this as like another time and your the your partner or whomever was your roommate or the person that you find is so special that is part of your life. Um, the hours last so long because I know you're not home. So you're like reflecting back on that time that it was like, Oh, you know, we, we didn't really back when, back when the power went out, we had a really, we were connected and we were able to just not worry about a thing. And now, now I know, I know you're not home. And then, so you have to learn the difference between being lonely and alone and now now all you can do is observe how the floors are just noisy they creak and they moan or and now you're like i just don't give a shit because now the plants i've just let them go you know (laughs) and then uh the verse at the end or not first what we described what has been now described as the chorus you're talking about knocking at the door like and then turning off the lights and then you're sitting on the floor and then you're peeking through the blinds like 
it's like you're trying to relive that first part where you're like, I'm just going to go ahead and shut off the lights so I can pretend as if oh. it's it's like the power is out again so uh-huh. I can relive that moment. Oh, that's, so that's like... I like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it it's... But that was the thing and almost that, the peeking through the blind, you know, sitting on the floor because I always think of whenever there's a power outage, everybody just loves to go for the candles and, and like yeah. sit on the floor and just like do something you don't normally do. So that's what I was kind of envisioning and then peeking through the blinds, hoping that that person would be coming back. You know, you're like, oh, are they home yet? Yeah. You know? That's, that's so funny because to, to me it sounds like the power outage and this is sort of like this, in your interpretation, it's kind of this fun memory. But mm. when I was writing it, it was very much like a sudden scary not scary oh. but like a, a, a scary moment and the sleep so seriously is is kind of like oh we don't know what to do like i guess let's just go to sleep like mm. like not like oh i'm tired like i'm gonna go to sleep like oh we should just go to sleep like a like serious decision right <laughs> <laughs> um and and i guess the whole huh. like in the first verse verse a how it you're kind of with this other person and you know we sleep so seriously or like the neighbors that are around it's like we're all kind of just in the dark like fumbling around sort of trying to figure out what we're what we're doing and i feel like that's very much like anxiety like this strange darkness Mm. you're just stuck in and and just trying to to figure out and a lot of it is like yeah you feel really alone but you know a lot of other people feel this way as well so you're alone but you know the neighbor next to you is is going through the same thing mm. but again that it, yeah. you can interpret it so many different ways so i think it's just like you know a song that hopefully you can listen to a few times and notice things you didn't notice before like there's this one part uh right when the song starts mm-hmm. where aaron just does this like bend on a note and it just goes like right before i start singing and like i love it and i think it's like so funny and great um but it might not be something you notice right away so i don't know i just hope it's a song that people enjoy and that it's so catchy that you have to listen to it again to get it you know not stuck in your head anymore Do you usually, you said you write, you have a melody first. Is that, that's usually how it goes? Or do you just find something on the guitar or the bass that Um, you're like, okay. Yeah, I always write with the guitar, but usually the first thing is just like a vocal melody. And that might come, often that comes even just without a guitar. Like I'll just be in the car, like, goofing around by myself singing something or it'll just pop into my head and i'll usually usually make a voice recording of it on my phone (laughs) um and with this song especially the chorus the the very ending part the knocking at the door part that was the first part that i wrote for that song and i specifically like sat down and was like okay like i want to write a really catchy like 
melody and I think that one I wrote with the chords I, I can't remember no I don't think I did I think I added the chords later but yeah hmm. that's usually usually how it goes would you like to talk about the album cover and like all the imagery that's on there sure, or some sure. of the imagery <laughs> yeah that's so, on there? so the album cover um you can you know put it you know pull that up on your phone or whatever if you want to play along but <laughs> there's a a a girl or woman sleeping in a bed maybe a teen i don't know a young woman let's just say that a young woman sleeping in bed and it's sort of the snapshot of her room and there's all sorts of things in there um and each song on the album has a little image that goes with the song and they're hidden throughout the the room but if you have the cassette tape, if you take the J card out, just the paper part, if you take that out and unfold it on the little flap, you'll see all of the icons in order of the oh. the songs. So you can sort of match it up that way. And then it's sort of this I spy. You can find them in the room too. Um, and then I used those icons as well for um, a design for a bandana that we were selling as merch but yeah it was just like a fun idea it also someone compared it to good night moon that like children's book a oh, little yeah. bit too and I, I i like that i think the term like bedroom pop and whatnot like <laughs> you could interpret it that way but i think there is something very like nostalgic about these songs and personal and you know i've mentioned before just like snap snapshots or or images throughout whether it's you know the box of lemons or, or whatever so i've just sort of sprinkled those throughout to make it something that's like familiar and comforting and also plays in with that nostalgia a little bit cool yeah. cool and so for some strange reason Maybe you'd like to tell about how the CD version oh, yeah. of the album is is put out by a Japanese record label. Yeah. So so our so knocking at the door uh, was released in April twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot what year it was. Uh, oh, on, that's good. On Infinity Cat uh, recordings in Nashville. And then they also uh, were in touch with a record label called 2670 Records in Japan, and they released it on CD. It's so, it's it's huge for me. Like it's, I have always loved Japanese culture and I would love to visit Japan someday. So it's just very exciting to me. <laughs> any any chance that Nectar might go on tour in Japan? It's definitely one of our goals. So I, I think uh, it's. I, I think thought you were going to say reach. it's definitely something we're doing next week. I, was, no, I don't know. In my head, I was like, oh, that. No, be we haven't started looking into it, but I think it's a more tangible goal. Like before, it was you know just a sort of dream, but now I'm like, I think we could make this happen. So I think we could definitely awesome. tour Japan someday. And you just got back from tour. Yeah, we so. did. Yeah. We were on a 17-day tour. Uh, so we went to the East Coast and Canada and then back through the Midwest a little bit. And wow. that was really great. It was so nice to get Nectar on the road because prior to that, this whole year we've been doing weekend tours uh, once every month and then sort of building wow. up to 
this big tour over the summer. So we've been we've been working really hard just trying to, you know, get Nectar out there and have people become familiar with us and hopefully listen to the new album. There were two other EPs beforehand. So the first one was just like a self-titled cassette that was like very, it's just like baby Nectar. It was like, I wrote everything and recorded everything except drums. One of my best friends, John Menchaca, wrote the drum parts and recorded that. But that's a much more, like I would say, like twee version of Nectar. Hmm. Um, and it started off as sort of this solo project. Like I would perform solo all the time at um, Air Records mm-hmm. when it was on Neal Street in Champaign oh, yeah. even. And yeah, so I'd perform those songs solo a lot. And then when I... recorded everything i was like oh like this is meant to be a full band and then it became a band and then and that version was me jake mott on drums and then sean newman on guitar so i was playing bass and then during that (laughs) sort of time of nectar we recorded two songs or three songs sorry for a seven inch and it was a split seven inch with single player sean newman's other band that jake and i also played in that yeah that's that's a very beautiful looking record uh, like yeah thank you appreciate it yeah and then we had a little uh demo cassette of four songs and i think we just sort of like self-recorded those songs and that is sort of like a a rarity now because now we have like the nicer quality recordings of those songs on Mm. the actual album i think of that one as like the bear bear ep it's yeah, got the bear on the <laughs> I think it's literally just called Four Songs, and it has like a little yeah, yeah, bear yeah. on the cover. Yeah, yeah so it's it's just like but, the bear cassette because <laughs> it's it's in relation to Ursa Minor, correct? Right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's a bit. That's isn't that a bear? Right? Ursa yeah, Ursa Minor. Minor yeah. Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. They're like bears, and it's so funny because when we played in Montreal, we met the person who booked our show, Connor, who is like the biggest sweetheart, like just such a wonderful person. We were like instant friends and he really likes that song or some minor and he was like oh is that a reference to cub like the band cub who i love and we used to like do a cover of one of their songs and stuff and i you know to me i had never thought of that consciously like made that connection but i was like no it's not but like i love that interpretation of it that's great so it can it, it, it also thanks to connor's interpretation is like mm-hmm. a little homage to cub (laughs) that's great so um so where did the name nectar come from yeah so nectar uh sean newman and i were in like a cvs and uh there's like there's like nectar drinks Mm -hmm. and we were just like walking around the aisles and like looking at drinks and and sean was like oh nectar like and he did like this funny like hang loose like thing like nectar like that would be a cool band name and i was like you know what like i actually like that can i use that like can i can i keep that name and that's where it came from but to me i mean i love like you know flowers and botanicals and, mm-hmm. and nature and so i think it sort of fits in that way and like nectar you know sweetness and i think there's like a a sweetness to the music a little bit mm-hmm. so yeah it just came from that and i thought it fit 
all from a CVS. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess shout out to CVS, I suppose. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Since you brought it up earlier, you brought up the that you were a teacher for Girls Rock. You did mm-hmm. the bass. Girls Rock CU. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw our bonus episode number two was for Girls Rock CU. And unfortunately, I didn't get an opportunity to interview you. But I'd really like to get your take on what, what happened during the week. Or um, I think, don't you also, you do some of the workshops as well, correct? Uh, I've helped out with... I think one or two of the workshops before, and that was again with bass. It's so funny. I've been doing bass, but I like don't play bass as much anymore. So with the workshop, it was like helping with bass instruction again. My job, like my full-time job is the education coordinator at Craner Art Museum. So what I do for most of my work is creating the curriculum and organizing and implementing our week-long field trip program. So I have a lot of experience in working with children and and creating like, you know, (laughs) camp-like or field trip-like activities and programs. So I thought that that was, you know, a skill that I could definitely offer to Girls Rock. So they kind of pulled me in, you know, before camp was starting to help with the curriculum and, you know, creating the schedule and what are the girls doing during the day. And a lot of it was already created and taken from other Girls Rock camps, which is something that's great about Girls Rock. It's not just our small champagne sort of group running everything. There's this huge Girls Rock community with camps all over the country that, you know, are supporting each other and, and, you know, providing materials for, but we can talk to someone in a much more established camp and they can sort of, you know, answer these questions that we're having because they've been through this exact same thing. Yeah, so (laughs) I was helping with the curriculum a lot. And during the week itself, I was doing base instruction, but I helped a bit here and there with some of the, you know, drawing activities or are creating sort of these prompts for the girls to do throughout the day yeah but it was it was really great it was our first camp as i'm sure you've heard yeah um it was a great group of girls it was just it was you know all great warm and fuzzies i was really impressed with the work ethic of the girls especially because you know it it was from like 8 a.m to 4 p.m Monday through Thursday. So that's a lot. And, you know, they were 
every time they had like band rehearsal or instrument instruction, like they were focused and they were in it and like really wanting, wanting to learn and like hungry to create. And I really admired that and respected that because I think people can be very dismissive of children and underestimate what they're capable of. So I thought the girls were, were really great. (laughs) Yeah. That was uh, the interview. I think it was uh, Carrie was like, yeah, I was just really amazed at, at the fact that they would be receiving instruction this whole time on their instruments. But during the breaks, they would still be messing around with their instruments yeah, and like totally. playing around with them. And like, I mean, when you say the work ethic, it's it, that was certainly something that it it appears they were very into, you know, getting getting that song done and, and uh, getting it recorded. I still, yeah still amazing it amazes me um but was there anything that really like stood out to you as as like an amazing moment i don't know if there was like one specific moment it was just i I guess like just this compilation of moments throughout the week and especially seeing girls come in who are very quiet and shy just totally like open up and like have this confidence by the end of the week and just like you really see their personality come out and see them grow comfortable with the other girls and and I think that's so wonderful like girls rock it's not just a music camp like it's really about creating like friendships and you know this community of girls and and supportive environment for girls so it's really great to see the girls become more confident throughout the week because i know that's something like i definitely struggled with and still struggle with and it definitely hits girls in that age group very hard so it's great to see them sort of build that together and and become more confident amazing and so would you say you're planning on it next year if you can? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to help out in any way. did you go to have this recorded oh yeah so um luke mcneil recorded the whole album for us and he mixed it and mastered it as well and we did that in springfield he has his own sort of home studio setup i i don't know if it has a name so sorry luke if you're listening if i'm dropping the ball here but he's great we recorded the whole thing in two days if not less than like all the parts in two days it was done and we sort of set out a whole weekend to get it done and it was great because on that last day we were just listening to everything that was finished and just you know tweaking here and there and it was like this really nice luxury to have that we weren't so exhausted and, and done and out of time, but we were able to just go through every song and, you know, talk about mixing and levels and like, oh, maybe we should add this like one little part here or, you know, put a harmony here. So it was a wonderful experience. And I felt like the fact that we recorded it so quickly, like we just kind of went in, we had, we know these songs, we know what we wanted. It was just a matter of, you know, getting it down 
and yeah. recorded and we have like a new song and so and i'm just i'm just itching to record it because even for myself to like hear it back like it's so different to be playing rather and playing and listening rather than like just listening so gotcha. yeah I'm, I'm excited to record again in the future hmm. And you're going to go back down to Springfield for that or Springfield um, for that? <laughs> Jeez. I'm not sure. We Well, right now, we still, the, uh, before we even think about recording, we just need to write more. And that's kind right. of like what I'm hoping to do this summer is, is to write some new songs. And then I'll, I'll kind of tackle the question of recording. But yeah, mm. I, I, I really enjoy working with Luke McNeil. So that's Excellent. definitely a possibility. That helps. I have to say, the there's something about you run into a risk with recording something quickly of having something that has it's it, or that it's not as polished. Mm-hmm. But then the longer you take recording, the more likely it it loses all of its energy because everybody's so stinking sick of yeah. playing the same song over and over. You you've struck an amazing balance because it sounds polished and it sounds energetic and like you're still (laughs) like you're not sick of any of the songs um (laughs) for your vocals did did you do like some of the did you double track and things like that like sing over your anyway yeah uh, i mean i i there's definitely there's definitely some parts i think that are double tracked but i mean with all the harmonies too it's i'm singing with myself and that's something that we're learning to approach live as well because you know on the recordings it's all me but isabel our bassist and aaron our guitarist are taking on more of the harmonies and obviously they have a different voice (laughs) than i do so yeah it's fun it adds like a new element oh something i just thought of with blinds that i forgot to mention that i love aaron actually sings on blinds in the chorus he sings the the harmony in the knocking at the door part and i really love that and at first i was very resistant i was like no i kind of want it to just be my vocals on the whole album but i'm so glad that that he is singing on it because it's just like a fun little addition into it and yeah so that's like a fun little so do you sing i don't know not easter egg but did Aaron sing on any of the other tracks or No, everything else is just just me. Did you already go into the studio knew, knowing what harmonies you were going to be doing? Um a lot of the songs definitely already had their harmonies written. I think there were a few parts where I was like where you know that Sunday where we were all done and listening back I was like, you know, I think this would really benefit from like something here and then just on the spot I would just pop my headphones on and then we would just record it and add it. But with harmonies for me, again, I'm not coming from like a musical theory background. So I'm just like listening back and then and just like testing out different notes and seeing what sounds yeah. nice. Oh. It's very it's all like extremely intuitive for me. I'm just what what feels right, I guess, which that- can be hard if I'm stuck. If I'm having a block, then that's when I pull in like you know, Aaron or Isabel or, you know, just asking anyone for their opinion. How about out of the, out of the Champagne Urbana music that's out there right now, what is your favorite deep cut, as I like to refer to it as? Like, what, it, it doesn't what, have to be current. 
Or no, I mean, okay. if you're like, you know, I I really like that song by Hum, or you're like, Ario Speedwagon had, had this one song. I I mean, I'm just throwing out some fame, like the more famous, sure, but sure. um, but and by deep cut, I just mean like because they're all deep cuts. I like to think of it because they're <laughs> you know, um, but uh, no, it can be past, present, or future. If you're like, yeah, I just heard this great song, by, <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know about future. I don't know if I can say that quite yet. Um, Ooh, my I'm intrigued. No, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no, I'm just no, no, teasing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> but for me, I mean, I think my sort of roots in the champagne music scene definitely are from the punk scene. So, I mean, I think one of the best bands to have ever come from Champaign-Urbana is Dream Probe. I think they're oh, yeah. a phenomenal band. They're no longer a band yeah. anymore, but I, so good. Um, mm. But for me, I guess my deep cut, something that I like, love and like, is is kind of obscure. Um, John Menchaca had a solo project called Polypsis that is sort of this like punky like like synthy distorted like pop music i don't even know it's just like very dark like pop music almost like noise i think he did play polypsis was also a noise project for him but he has this one song i think it's called the way and it is so good and i just love that song and i think it truly is a deep cut I don't know how many times he even played it live, but huh. it's a great, like, dark pop song. Not even dark. It's just, like, distorted, like, staticky. It's just, it's super cool. It's just, like, it's, a, a great pop song, but, like, through these veils and, like, layers of noise and, like, distortion. And I think it's it's a great song. Well, but, I'm but you're too. saying they're no longer in existence, or they... No, yeah, this was 2014. Uh, oh, man, you know, well, I guess that's one of the great things about this area is, like, if there's so much in there that, that that's happening in the scene that doesn't necessarily get the attention that it deserves, but really, if you decide to do, like, a, a really deep dive, you could you could find just countless bands and songs that are out there. I mean like Dream Probe mm-hmm. I never got an opportunity to see them play live it felt like they were kind of short lived for their, their band but maybe I'm wrong on that but it, it's I've certainly been able to catch that like posthumously on the uh, on Bandcamp and, and other you know streaming services which I guess that's also why I like to have this this podcast in general because it's like it's it's something for posterity that will continue on. Okay, now why don't you gripe about what's what is the worst uh, thing about the Champagne or Banner music scene? But I don't know if that goes mm-hmm. along with the the goal of the of the, the, the of the podcast. Yeah, but you know what? Bit. Like, <laughs> if we're gonna talk about it in terms of like a. a um, you can love something dearly and then also be give it some tough love. So maybe that's how I have to look at it because, sure. you know. Um, okay. I think a gripe I have that isn't calling anybody out and isn't like 
a problem that people can fix right away is we just are running out of places to play and there is no mm. all ages space and i think that actually is, can i throw in <gasps> imc has become definitely an all ages venue that's great i so yeah that's wonderful but i think just overall yeah i think there's just a lack of places to play Mm. With the DIY scene and houses and stuff, the turnaround for that is every couple of years. And that's just a forever gripe with Champagne. is it's a college town and the scene is always changing, as is, you know, as are scenes throughout the country. But it's just hard to sort of find that stability. Like I'll have bands ask me to book them and stuff. and it's and and I have a show coming up this month that I booked and I, it, it was a struggle even to find places to play mm. and places that, you know, will, you know, aren't charging like a fee for me to rent out their space too. Right. Like, especially coming from, you know, a DIY ethic, like where I'm trying to pay the touring bands, like that can be really difficult. And I, I mean, it, it's not awful and I totally understand, like it's very justified and valid, but you know, it's not like there's always like a huge, huge turnout for every show. So it's, it, it can be hard to make up that cost. Yeah. So just in general, like places to play, I still think the scene too can be a bit factioned and like the different genres and stuff. It'd be cool if people went to, you know, explore different shows and stuff, but I understand why. I think that's why things like the band lotto are very very cool because yeah. people from different genres and and scenes and people who have never played music or you know haven't participated in the scene or haven't felt welcome to like it's a chance for people to sort of come together in that respect so i think that is a really great solution to somewhat of a gripe i suppose <laughs> tell me tell me about your favorite non-musical thing or favorite group of non-musical things that you like you can do your top five you can do your top 10 you can do whatever i I will do a general thing and then have like subsets in it and just this is just because i went to a comic book store yesterday but um comics i've like sort of jumped into that and i love it it's wonderful so i've been reading saga and Snot Girl and Paper Girls. Um, there's also this new comic called Barrier, which is by the same writer as uh, Saga. And wow, I just, they're so good. <laughs> the storytelling is amazing and the artwork is just like beautiful. So I've really, really enjoyed that. Are these comic comics or are they like graphic novel comics? They're, like- they're comics. So there's, oh, okay. you know, they've got, issues coming out you know every month or whatever which is basically like a serialized graphic novel right like yeah and you can you can buy the you know the the trade or the compilation of you know this is issues one through five in a nice little handy book and i do that for for paper girls i have like the sort of volumes of that but lately i've been trying to buy you know each month the issue and it's it's really it's really nice like it's something to look forward to every month and you know there's something so nice about 
just like the tactile material of it. Yeah. And it's not a huge commitment. Like reading a small comic, just one issue, it's not going to take up a ton of time. And sometimes, you know, I check out these these big books from the library and I just don't have the time to read them, even though I love to read. So, yeah, I've just been totally in love with comics lately. I would love to make a comic someday if I had enough time. Wow. So, um, as a drawer or a writer or both? Mm, as both, but I would definitely like collaborate with someone if they wanted to write hmm. the story and if I liked the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, a fun little fact, in the album art for Knocking at the Door, I've hidden a Saga comic oh, in there. So nice. if you have an eagle eye, you can find it. Is it very apparent in the, in the tape cover? Um, I think you might be able to see it. I guess it would be kind of tiny. Oh, actually, I think in the tape cover, it's been cropped a little bit, so you wouldn't oh. see it. Um, do, you, do you have large posters of, of the cover? I don't, but uh, maybe you should, we should make some. That'd be really cool. I don't know. Is there, I, I mean, I guess, is there any general thing you'd like to shout outs or anything that you'd like to just... Sure. I guess I can talk about our upcoming shows for next yeah. year. Yeah. So if you'd like to see Nectar, um, we're going to be playing in Champagne as uh, part of Pygmalion Festival. So we're playing on Wednesday, September 26th at Blackbird in Urbana. And we're opening for Anna Birch uh, of Polyvinyl Records, which is a local record label. Um, And then we're also playing Fest in Gainesville, Florida in October. I think we're playing on Saturday, Saturday the 27th, um, but I'm sure you can just, you know, Google Fest and find us and figure that out <laughs> if yeah, I'm wrong. Nice. So those are our, cool. our next. And one more uh, local show before Pygmalion, we're actually playing August 9th in Champaign at Espresso Royale, I believe, and yes. we're playing with jupiter styles formerly known as single player nice so they will be in town that will be a great show you heard me talk about that seven inch that we did together so yeah come hear it in person i kind of feel like the new album for jupiter styles like yes it sounds like single player but it's like more mature there's like something like i think is it the second i mean Hmm. I've heard the single quite a few times, but I've heard the whole uh, album like once or twice. But the the I think it's towards the very end where it's just uh, you've got the slide guitar and it's it's like almost country punk pop kind of yeah. thing. And it's like I was just like, wow. I mean, this is kind of a cool exploration for for like in the pop genre to have have a sorry as the broad pop genre to like explore into like deviating from the 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 central like genre that you're actually in mm-hmm. um i like, think a big part uh, of it is like since he's been touring with rat boys i think their sort of country influence maybe has like tapped him a little bit on the shoulder too and it's nice. like hey let's add a little bit of that in here too <laughs> but yeah. who knows Maybe you can interview Sean someday. I well, he's Even he's, he's down for it. 
I did. Oh, I, I did ask him, but yeah, I just like next time he's going to be in town. Hopefully, be able to do that. Hopefully, I don't know. Well, uh, Camila, thank you thank for being you so on much. this so podcast. Lovely, and thank um, you for the watermelon. Oh yeah, so nice. Definitely. Well, um, we know where we can find you. You're on Bandcamp. I'll be posting. I'll be posting the link. Um, and also to your Facebook and some, some of the Twitters and some of the instant gram, as the kids like to say. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you making the trip all the way out here and, and, um, enjoying some watermelon and I'm glad that I picked a good one. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Camila reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. inane babble do you like wasting lots of time well damien duffy after dark podcast might just be right up your alley brought to you by blue box studio (laughs) you did five four three one two that's confusing wait yeah there we go okay Okay. so you want me to bunt got it (laughs) Bunt. because it's hand gestures that no one can see yes anyway okay let's get ready we're gonna do commercial i'm gonna do it right now you ready here we go Do you hate yourself? Do you wish you felt like you weren't a piece of shit? Listen to Damien Duffy After Dark and learn that there are people dumber than you. Damien Duffy After Dark. After Dark. After Dark. Like an adrenaline shot for your self-esteem. Blue